The reading is taken from the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, and beginning to read at verse 11. And this can be found on page 1161 in the Church Bibles. Paul writes about the ministry of reconciliation. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. This is the word of the Lord.
really excited. Excited to talk about the environment. Let's all just put our hands up. Everybody put your hands up if you can. Everyone. Now put your hands down. Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> now, if you really aren't bothered about anything to do with the environment, I won't judge you. I'll shut my eyes. <laughs> no, I won't. Um, put your hands down. As in, if this doesn't really interest you yet, put your hands down. Well, that's good. Look at us. We're all on the same page already. Unless anyone's afraid to put them down, which I can understand. That's no problem. Right. Okay, let's go. So the video we watched, um, I can't watch that without crying. Anyone else? Just me. Okay, just me. This is going well so far. Um, I'm very excited to be kicking off the Eco Church series. Eco Church is a is a project run by the charity Arosha, uh, and the idea is that as a church, as a church body, we kind of look at the church space, the environment of our church, and figure out how we're relating to it, whether we actually do that well or not, whether we are looking out for our environment when we do that. But it is also, and this is the crucial part, and this is why we're having a series on it, it is also about our heart attitudes. It's also about our worship. It's also about how we live our lives and recognize the impact of that on the environment that God has created. That first song that we sang, I think, sums up the worship of God through creation so well. It stars, not starts, but I'm sure you gathered that. (laughs) It is about our worship to God. It is about how we live out our lives in that worship. Now, I hope you're not afraid that we're going to start hugging trees and dressing in somewhat strange clothing, Um, although for some of us that might be normal anyway. Um, An eco-warrior today looks a little bit more like this. Greta, I'm sure you've heard of Greta, um, the activist, climate change activist, sailed to New York recently um, on a solar-panelled boat, which sounded kind of fun. And then I think they probably cut out all the bits of the video where it was probably not that fun at all. Um, Or perhaps this, Leonardo DiCaprio. Did you know he was an environmental activist as well? So they don't really look like our general image of what an environmentalist looks like anymore. We had this image once before that was kind of hippies and dancing around trees. And Did you? (laughs) But now they look so different. And the world has taught us those things from before. That's kind of the image that we had before. But now we are recognizing that every single person here can be a part of figuring out what it means to care for our environment because we have made such a scary impact on the world. The media is being thrown at you every second about how scary life is with climate changes, a picture from Time magazine of the Amazon rainforest, which I'm sure you've all heard about, being burned down at a rate of about a football pitch a minute. Why? So that we can clear land in order to build and to produce things for our, for our need, for our desires, and we are clearing away the oxygen, um, the, the lungs of the planet, they're called, at the Amazon. Now, it's not as scary, perhaps, as the media kind of puts out there, although it is horrific. Um, I think we are throwing lies and things that are perhaps just spun to make us think that it's worse than it is and to make us fear, which Tim will speak into, our future so that we'll do something. Well, as Christians, 
We should not respond out of fear. We respond proactively because we are followers of Christ. And because Christ came to this world to reconcile us to God, to reconcile us to each other, and to reconcile us to the world, that is where we respond from. We respond from a place of hope because to care for the environment is a gospel message. The gospel isn't just about being nice to everything. I don't know, growing nice flowers and things like that. Just as it's not about being nice to people. It's more than that. It's loving others. It's loving our neighbor as ourself. It's loving God. And the environment is part of that. We are part of creation. We are not part and our own little thing. We're not just creation on our own. People are not just God's creation. But I think over time we've kind of forgotten that. Now, I just need to um, do a bit of self-disclosure at the beginning of the service. Yesterday, um, Matt and I went to, drove to Silverstone so that he could race a Formula One car around the track. And then we drove from Silverstone to Somerset. And then we drove back here all in one day. And we did so not in our electric car, because that doesn't get that far, but we swapped cars with his dad and drove his petrol car. Um, and then when we went to Somerset, I went to visit my nephew, whose first birthday it was, and there was wasps everywhere, so I created this wasp trap. You know the ones where you cut the bottle off, put it in the top, and then the wasps will die inside. I am not the perfect environmentalist. I have sometimes no idea how to make a difference. But we are all on this journey together, Part of Eco Church is that we figure out where we're at in our own lives, but as a church as well. And we figure out what it means to go on a small step journey. And each of us will be in a different place. So we need to have grace for people who killed all the wasps yesterday. Actually, that's not true. I only killed one. They didn't really like my trap. So, <laughs> environment one, Sophie Neil. We all have a part to play, and all our journeys will look different. So as we start this environmental series, which is only short, it's only a month, but it should extend beyond that. This is kind of the catalyst for how we live our lives. As we, as we start this journey, we need to have grace for each other. And we need to have grace for the things that we hear and the news that we hear and the stuff that's coming at us. And we need to hold a position of hope as followers of Christ as we, as we proactively move forward into this. I want to tell you just a quick story. Um, this is one of my favorite environmentalists. Have the next. This is Zoe. Some of you may have met her at the Holiday Club. This is my goddaughter. She um, is now four, just started school. But um, in this story, she, she must have just been about three. We had watched the documentary Drowning in Plastic. I don't know if you saw it. Um, probably not an appropriate documentary to watch with a three-and-a-half-year-old. But we weren't sure, so we thought... Well, they love the environment. Let's watch it with them, um, Zoe, and <laughs> Zoe and her siblings. And so we watched the first 10 minutes, realized it wasn't appropriate, and then didn't carry on. Um, but the first 10 minutes uh, has this scene where there are scientists going out to, I think, an island off Australia um, to save seabirds who are eating, being, or baby seabirds are being fed plastic. Some of you may have seen it, some of you may have not. And they are being fed so much plastic that their stomachs are getting full of it, and these scientists are going and taking out all the plastic to save these seabirds so that they can grow. Um, because the, the parents don't know that this 
Stuff that they're picking up isn't food because they're getting it from the ocean. It's bright and colourful, much like fish. Um, and so Zoe watched this with us, this first 10 minutes, and was basically traumatised for the next day. Um, and she cried all evening in the preparation to going to bed. And she said, what have we done? She's, she was three and a half. What have we done? Why do we put plastic in the sea, mummy? Why do we do this to the animals, mummy? You know what she did the next day? She went into nursery and they were, they were given their snack, which was like a little, little cheese. You know, they come in individual packets now. Individual portion in an individual plastic packet. And she said to her teacher, I'm very sorry, miss, but you shouldn't do this. <laughs> Can you please serve us just a lump of cheese from the big cheese? And her teacher was like, okay. So she told, she told her mum. And Zoe came home with a poster with a fish with a bit of plastic in its stomach. No, plastic. Zoe's mum now runs a zero-waste shop over in Woking um, because she was so impacted by her child's response. Her child's response that said, God made the planet. Why are we putting plastic everywhere? Why are we damaging everything around us? And I just think she's three and a half. She is quite small. But she is making a huge impact on the adults around her. So her mum has started this business, which is amazing. She sells stuff with no packaging, um, all kinds of things, um, and goes and speaks into primary schools and nurseries, and all because her child was shown 10 minutes of a documentary that she probably shouldn't have seen. I have checked, but I'm allowed to share this story. Um, and they're a good family, they're a good family. <laughs> um, and, I mean, look at her. She's three and a half, but she's making a huge impact. We are not too small to make a difference. That's my point. We are not too small to make a difference. I wonder if we are affected in the same way. It, it, it shocked me when I heard this, when, Mel t- when her mum told me this story. I thought, wow, I just watched it and I thought, oh, that's not good. <laughs> oh, what have we done? Just very blasé, very, I see all this is coming at me all the time. I've lost that, that sense of being affected by how damaged the world is because of how we are living. And the purpose of eco-church is not to make us feel guilty. The purpose of eco-church is not to fill us with dread. Oh no, we've got to do all these more, more things. We've got to act in different ways. We've got to change our lives. Just more stuff that we have to do in a really busy world. No, the purpose of eco-church is that it changes our hearts. And when it changes our hearts, when we reflect on how we are living and how it impacts those around us, when we reflect on the fact we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, then our lives will change as an outworking of that. It doesn't have to be the small changes and then our heart will catch up. Often it comes with a heart change first, much like Zoe and her mum. We just worked through Ephesians, uh, in which it's the whole body working together. And our challenge in this series is to learn how to do that, to work together for our world, for the environment to figure out how it impacts those around us. We hope that we're able to begin to understand that caring for our environment is part of us being a community called to live as children of God, called to follow Jesus Christ. 
Um, In Luke 4, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. You You know this verse. It's said every single Christmas. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to recover the sight of the blind, and to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is a matter of discipleship. Declaring the year of the Lord's favor was about letting the land rest. It was the the year of Jubilee. Every seven years, they would let the land rest. Any crops that grew on the land, any crops that grew on the land would then be given to the poor. They had a respect for the the world that they were living in because they knew where the stuff came from. When I was living in India, this may shock you, um, the pastor said he'd spoken to one of the children at the children's home and they said, he said, where does milk come from to this child? And the child said, from the packet. And he said, yeah, but where does the packet come from? He's like, from the shop. But where does the milk come from that goes in the packet? It just comes from the packet. He's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know how to get around this. You just have no idea that it comes from a cow. Because we have separated ourselves so much from our environment. We no longer grow our own food. I did grow six tomatoes this year, Peter. Thank you for the plant. Six. That's how I managed it. And do you know what? They tasted amazing. I was out in the garden every day just watching these tomatoes grow. But we have separated ourselves so much from the earth, from the things that in that video we see the farmer and she, she grows the crops and she sees the impact. We don't see the impact. We just go to Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Tesco's, wherever it is we go. And we just pick up whatever fruit that we like to eat, even if it's from thousands and thousands of miles around the world. And we have access to it every day, all the time. And we don't know that there's a shortage because it's still in the shops for us. We have lost that connection with the earth. And that is part of what the year of the Lord's favor was about. It was about reconnecting with the things that give us life. And if Jesus, that was Jesus' mandate to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, then what is our mandate? To do the same, to care for the earth, to recognize the impact on the earth. I want to draw out a little bit about the topic of reconciliation. I'm just introducing this series, so you'll get some more depth, hopefully, from the other preachers. Um, And I've spoken about reconciliation before, and I hope in some way that you're wondering why on earth I'm talking about reconciliation if I'm talking about the environment and you're wondering why didn't she choose the Genesis passage with the story of creation. That's the obvious one you you choose for um, speaking on the environment. Well, to be reconciled simply means to have restored relationships. And although that's quite simple, it's not always that easy. Now, as we read in Corinthians Jesus reconciles us to God. We, as God's children, are reconciled to God. We are restored to God after that fall because of our sin in the garden. We are reconciled, we are brought back into relationship with God. But that's not just it. We are then called to have restored relationships with each other. And that's not just it. We are then called to have a restored relationship with the world. It says in Colossians By his work on the cross, Jesus is reconciling all things to God, even things on the earth. Even things on the earth. And Jesus' sacrifice on the cross 
was the biggest sacrifice that there ever could have been so that we could be in relationship with God. And we are called to live sacrificially because we're called to mimic and live lives following Christ. So when we live a life that recognizes how we, how we impact the world, we're going to have to change some of the stuff that we do. And some of that can be, um, can be quite sacrificial. My mentor says to me, when she walks to the shop with her jar to put her fish in, instead of taking their plastic bags, and she has to go and talk to the fishmonger and say, please, can you fill my, my own jar? Which is now becoming quite a thing. You take your own stuff, but this wasn't at the time. When I have to take that and I have to talk to him and he looks at me strangely and I have to then carry this really heavy glass jar all the way back to my house, that's a sacrifice, but that is my worship. Instead of thinking, oh, woe is me, I have to carry this, lug this thing around or everywhere, I think that is my worship to God. This sacrifice becomes our worship. And Jesus came to reconcile the world to God. Jesus is God's action in the world, but now... We are God's action in the world. We are God's hands and God's feet. We are to reconcile the world to God, ourselves to each other, and ourselves to God. The world needs us to care for it because that is our mandate. And we are called to this ministry of reconciliation, and it works out in justice, which Jeff will talk to you more about. If we are reconciled to one another and the whole of creation, we recognize, and I've said it like so many times already, the impact of how we live here in the West impacts people like Saloke's mother in that video across the other side of the world. We recognize that how we choose to live here, however extravagantly or generously or sacrificially that already looks, is impacting so many people on the other side of the world who cannot grow their crops, who cannot then send their kids to school, who cannot then eat. We have no idea when we go to Sainsbury's that this is what it's like for so many people across the world. Those living in the most poverty are the most impacted by the, by the extreme issues going on in our environment all across the world. And we are part of the church that is a global body. The body of Christ across the world is being impacted negatively, so negatively, by how we're all choosing to live. Now, don't feel guilt about that. More, we should want to do something about that, to respond and say, okay, what can I change? What can I do? I visited Rwanda when I was at Theological College. I think I've mentioned this before. And this lady, um, whose name, sadly, I've forgotten. Um, I could have made one up, but I thought that would be... Well, lying, so I didn't. Um, she was um, given a water filtration system. And they had to kind of bid to get one of these water filtration systems um, that didn't use coal or gas um, or petrol to burn the water, to make the heat, to burn the water, to get rid of all the germs. Instead, this filtration system used kind of, they were like little stones, and I don't know how it works, but... So this woman was so excited that she had this water filtration system. Do you know why? Not that she had then clean water, and she didn't have to pay more for all the fuel, but because she had heard about climate change, and in her little house, where that was the only gadget, perhaps you could call it, that she had, 
that was impacting the climate, and she was so excited to show us this gadget. She was just burning her water to make it clean. That's the wrong phrase, isn't it? Heating her water to make it clean. She was just heating the water to make it clean, but she knew that that was having an impact. She made a change. Do you think that's going to change whether she's able to grow her crops? Her one thing. Do you think that's going to change anything? No. But her heart's attitude, she knows the impact on her brothers and sisters, and she wanted to make a difference. It is a matter of justice. And look how we live here, myself included. I'm not <laughs> excluding myself from how, I, how we live. We make so many choices that are quick and convenient and wonderful because it makes life so easy, but they impact so many people across the world, and we just don't think about it. If we slow it down somewhat, if we're more gentle in the way we approach our decisions, if we're less lazy, perhaps, not calling anyone lazy, but for some of us, for me, sometimes that is the decision that I've made, is, oh, it's just quicker to get this thing covered in plastic than to make it at home myself. There is so much that we can do in this process of reconciliation. We, we participate in this because we are part of that reconciliation plan of God's action in the world. It happens through us, and it won't happen if we don't participate. Our response should change our lives. Our response as a whole church should be that we help each other to change our lives in order that other people's lives can be changed for the better. I think we should be done with changing people's lives for the worse. I don't think that should be part of how we live our Christian lives. If we're to follow Christ, we're to reconcile the world and people back to God. That is our calling. That is what it means to be a disciple. And that is why we're participating in Eco Church. Um, you were given one of these, as Tim mentioned as you came in, which is printed on recycled paper, just so you know. <laughs> I know you're thinking it. Um, and so on the back of here, each week, what we'd like is for us to figure out one small thing that we could change in our lives that would be a step towards caring for our environment. Now, that might be carpooling to church, walking to church even, says, says me. Who, I got a lift this morning. Do you know where my house is? There's like five minutes walk. I got a lift, I was tired. Um, and late. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing. Not choosing, like choosing to get up a little bit earlier so that I, I won't be late when I faff around. Those kind of small changes that we could make, or perhaps... Um, cooking, your f making sure you buy loose vegetables in the supermarket. or There's so many things. And you know what? You guys are the best resource for this because you've been bombarded by the media. You've probably got loads of great ideas. Um, and so I think we're going to write some of our ideas, as Tim said, on the board so that we're sharing this journey together. One of you might have an idea that someone else doesn't have. That could be quite an easy switch. There's some easy switches we can do to help care for our environment, which impacts those around the world. We think it's so small, our, our change, but if we're all doing it, look at Zoe. So small and yet making such a huge difference. Now to her town, and she has no idea. She has no idea that's because of her. We can make a difference if we choose to be ministers of reconciliation.
So I think we're going to have some time now. Looking at Tim. Going to have some time to fill this out. There are pens here if you don't have a pen. And there are also Sharpies in a box here by my chair to write on these boards um, your ideas that you might have to share with everyone else. And we'll gather them and I'll try and email them all out um, tomorrow. Not to bombard you with more stuff to do, but you might pick out a few things that you could do this week um, or that you want to work towards. It's a commitment that you want to work towards. Um, Matt and I have just gone down to one car, which is electric. I know I said we swapped it with his dad, <laughs> you know, working towards it. But we chose not to buy another car, so it's a bit inconvenient sometimes. But actually, it means that we have to think a little bit harder. And that sacrificial process of, okay, I'll, t- I'll drop you to work, which means I have to get up earlier, just so that we don't have two cars running around. And not everyone can do that, I get that. But that was one of the things that we decided to do um, as a family. So let's have some... Tim. <laughs>